Good afternoon and welcome to the Market Wrap for week ending 27th of August. APW, Stuart Williamson, here at the helm. Okay, this week I thought I'd talk about just about wealth in the UK, in the UK residential property market, what the future holds and what it may mean to us. And yeah, basically, a lot of us have got a lot of money tied up in property in the UK. And it's a big storage of wealth for us. In fact, for many of us, it's the biggest single asset we'll probably ever ever own. So what's going to happen to it in the future is something that is important. And we need to look out on the horizon and see if we can possibly gauge when it might be going to go into a crash or a fall, or it might be going to be flat, or it might go, might go, go up. So basically, I wanted to look at some indicators that are things to look at to see what's going on in the market that you can look at yourselves you can go onto the internet and look at it you can go into research locations and look at it but these are things to consider i would suggest at least there are signs the housing price boom is coming to an end and who'd be surprised you know it's gone by 13.2 percent in the year to june so these are five things to look at and consider in your own mind whether you think they lead to good value in the uk market or that it could potentially be a fall. Uh, interest rates. Okay, the ratio of home value values to earnings is at its highest level since 2007, which is just before the financial crisis market crash, which led to a 20% drop in house prices. Record low, record low interest rates, though, mean that it's still affordable, with the average person only needing to spend 37.8% of their income to pay a mortgage on an average price home. A lot of averages in there. Isn't there? Um, this is low by historical standards. And Andrew Wishart of Capital Economics still says, though, this is the best indicator of overvaluation of the housing market, in his opinion. As long as interest stay low, buyer demand will stay high, but the market is very vulnerable to the Bank of England's bank rate changes. Capital Economics current forecast is that the house prices will rise between 7.5% and between now and the end of 2023, as long as mortgage rates stay low. And they say if the bank rate rose to 0.75% sooner than expected, the growth of house prices will be less than 4%, says Mr. Wishart of Capital Economics. If the rate rose to 1.5%, they say prices could drop by 4%. So it's all about what's going to go on with inflation and interest rates. Now, the threat of inflation is the highest risk at the moment, according to Mr. Wishart. You know, if basically if they increase interest rates higher than quicker than we expect, then it could mean that house prices, in fact, the whole economy will stall. Kate Newfield from the Centre of Economics and Business Research and Consultancy says there's talk of inflation getting out of hand and a year's time from now that could mean tightening of monetary policy just as the economic recovery is maturing. This is where we see the potential problems. And that's the whole point. As the economy recovers from COVID, if they have to suddenly increase interest rates, and that's a threat if you've got 5.4% in the US, you've got 2.2% in the EU who are our major partners. If that does happen, then that will cause a problem. So it's a case of how can all these things be balanced? Will the Bank of England be able to balance it to keep interest rates low and keep inflation down? A big thing is the housing supply versus demand. That's one of the indicators to look at. 
which is basically the ratio of sold stock to available properties, which essentially, excuse me, <coughs> means demand and supply, which at the moment is a historical high, according to Royal Institute Chart Surveyors, RICS. Since October, it's exceeded the pre-COVID levels. In June, the ratio hit 58.7%, the highest point since July 2002. In July, it dropped 3.3% to 55.4%. Is still exceptionally high. So there seems to be an imbalance between supply and demand, but that imbalance has probably passed its peak. Um, Simon Rubinson of Rick said the July number would still mean annual house price race, annual house price growth between seven and nine percent, and he believes it will con continue as long as interest rates remain low. The problem here is a lack of properties being built. This has been compounded by Brexit. You know, 40% of all the builders in London went home. I know, <coughs> probably a lot of them Polish. Um, we're having to make our own doors for the first time in 40 years in the UK. Um, the 95% of all wood used to come from Scandinavia. It's not now. We've got to get a lot of it ourselves. So we need to do a lot of planting. And then secondly, the, the shortage of social housing is so bad. I mean, Margaret Thatcher... You know, when I was growing up, she was a bit of a hero. Looking back now, she did some terrible things. I mean, selling off all the council housing, that really might have got a lot of people onto the pro property ladder, but it meant there is so little social housing available now. And what we've got instead, instead of social housing, we've got the likelihood of, of, of PRS coming in. Big multinationals like Lloyd's. Lloyd's is expecting to spend 50 billion. That can't be right. Perhaps it's 5 billion on PRS the public rental sector, which will be posh houses for people to rent. They'll never go onto the housing ladder. Social housing needs to be brought back and, and, and built up as it used to be in the pre-Thatcherite days. Another indicator you've got really is watching out for repossessions. You know, repossessions, if you see a big jump in those, then normally it means you're going to potentially have big house price falls. Now, between, and during the pandemic crisis, which is now apparently officially open, over, there was a ban on all repossessions. Um, now it's not the case. There was 2,498 in April and June, more than triple the number in the first three months of the year, but it's still half the pre-COVID level, which is like a contraindicator. Perhaps things aren't as bad as people would, would have us believe. But if there does become more and more repossessions, um, foreclosures, that sort of stuff, then it will lead to a housing market being pulled back. Another thing to look at is, look at that stage of the housing cycle in different regions. There's massive variations across the UK. You know, when it comes to the likelihood of future growth, you've got to look at what has happened since, say, the last housing crisis, 2007, 2008, 2009. You know, in Northern Ireland, prices are still 29.9% below that point. In the northeast, they're 1.5%. In Middlesbrough, 6% below. And you compare that, excuse me, if you compare that to London, where I think it is, so look, 63% above the pre-crash level, and Cambridge, 57% above the pre-crash level. So there's this huge mixtures across the economy. So you need to look at, at local variations and decide whether it's a good value location you're buying in. But then this takes us back to really the drivers of economic growth. What are they around the UK? And this is the whole 
whole basis on what we make our decisions on at APW. If you look at, for example, Cambridge, which is just below London, house price growth, you know, that's the centre of Cambridge. But outside of Cambridge, you get good value quality houses. But why is Cambridge going up? Because it's become a world renowned, even, even competing with its namesake in the US, Cambridge, Massachusetts, you know, for, for the glory of being the leading life science, medical technology location in the world. So that's why it's going up. Uh, incomes are 10% to 15% higher in Cambridge than they are everywhere else in the UK. For gross added value to the product, they're in the top 10. For income, uh, for salary increases, they're number one. Because these people have moved there to be part of this boom that was all based around, the, a lot of this based around life sciences and the AstraZeneca effect. You look at other places like Swansea, Cardiff, they're having the same med tech sort of situation. So it's very positive. But then on the negative side, you look at places like Leicester, and Leicester, bless it, was the first city to go into lockdown in the COVID pandemic. And because it was, no one had expertise on how to deal with it. So consequently, according to PBC Good Growth Report, it's coming out of it the worst. In addition, 52%, I think it is, of the population of Asian extract, which makes them more susceptible to potentially, I mean, this is what I've been told through reading the PwC report, to being affected by COVID. So it's come out very badly, which is very unusual in the Midlands because most of the Midlands has come out very well because that's where we've got our e-commerce e distribution centres. And actually employment is up by 10%. And rentals are up by well over the national average. So you need to look around the UK and not just say interest rates are going to be high, therefore don't do it. Well, that is don't borrow too much money. Don't overgear yourself. Okay, I'm worried about inflation. That will help to a certain extent as to what goes on with your mortgage. Housing supply and demand. If you're trying to make money in a purely Machiavellian, Machiavellian cavalier perspective, look for those places with the maximum imbalance. If there are repossessions, it's a buying opportunity. So there's lots of different sides to every argument here. And that is what we need to look at in the housing in the UK and what we need to look at when we're making buying decisions. But there are real threats to house prices in the UK, just as there are real opportunities. We can help you at APW. Um, please subscribe to our, our newsletter if you wish. Um, watch our market wraps. Uh, watch our, our educational channels if you'd like. Thank you very much for listening. Do take care. Bye bye.